Gabe and Lay Norwood are a power couple to many. Both serves as inspirations to basketball players and moms alike for their passion and drive in doing what they do. Gabe is best known for his time playing professional basketball for the Rain or Shine Elasto Painters and Gilas Filipinas, while Lay continues to inspire others through her work as a businesswoman and mommy influencer. The two have a beautiful family and continue to live with hard work and kindness. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of In Love With Me where we feature inspiring individuals who share their amazing stories. I am your host, Mafe Yunan Velasco, and for this series, our topic is passion and purpose. For this episode, we have an empowered power couple and a professional basketball player and boss mama to motivate us to take action. So without further ado, let's welcome the amazing Gabe and Leigh Norwood. Hi, Norwoods. How are you doing? Good to see you. Long time no see. Hello. I know, right? Although I, I see you guys on Zoom every Friday yeah. <laughs> with your kids joining Musa. Thanks for, for supporting um, Nick's, Nick's passion also with basketball, of course. Um, Gabe being a basketball player for almost 12 years, 13 yeah. years. Wow. But how amazing ha your career has been. Um, I have to say belated, happy anniversary, seven Thank years, you. last June 23, guys. And, you know, for me, I've been so inspired with um, the both of you um, separately and together as, um, uh, you know, a young, beautiful, amazing couple. You know, you're great with your children. Um, I know you guys have been busy during this quarantine period in empowering your ch children as well as yourselves. But before I ask you what you've been up to during this time, can you please share with us on how you are the empowered and inspiring people you are today? Ladies first, of course. May, can I ask you? <laughs> um, for me, I think it's just, I don't know, where, where do I begin? I don't even like want to like, lift my own self up in that way i think i just um i have a role that i'm blessed to have and you know i just try to do my best to live out that role as his wife um a mom of course and um yeah i mean you know before i i we got married or before i met gabe i was um working that's all i knew like right after school i started working right away and um yeah, like that was uh, that was my my life for for some time. Um, I had a I had a um, career in marketing, so like uh, when I met Gabe, I was um, traveling a lot for work, and I was you know hardly in the Philippines. And um, I think you know obviously God's hand was in us meeting because it still happened even if I wasn't even here a lot. And um, yeah, like. That's where our story begins. When we met, we basically stuck with each other, <laughs> never parted. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So, obviously, you know this story. Like, um, we had we had our kids, and you know, one by one. Um, I think when you say empowered um, as an individual, 
to me it would mean <clears throat> you know even if like the the role is redefined meaning before i was the marketing professional you know single woman um when i became a mom and then a wife i think it just you know strengthened that like um all those titles that i had before you know i i had those new titles take over as the stronger ones but i was still me and you know just found ways to still with his support still you know stay empowered through like like you said like just being part of of a business or you know supporting him in all his endeavors also and but i think like the most important role is to be his um wife and um, a mom of our three boys and yeah like now with the quarantine um the i think like as you said the the task is to um keep the boys on track and um you know just to <laughs> be able to keep them entertained and um yeah i think in in the just in uh the the daily the daily activities that we have we just try to keep them engaged and um you know just also empowering them yeah mm -hmm. for sure like lay was saying i think it's it's really huge for us in terms of our foundation i think knowing that you know i think a lot of a lot of it's you know god's timing right when you meet your significant other and, and naturally when lay and i met it was she was really established in, in who she was and in her profession and things like that. And I was starting, I was young in my career as well. So I think timing was a, a big role in the way that we've been able to empower one another because we really found empowerment in ourselves. We really found our voice and, and who we were and what our weaknesses were. I, I think anybody that's ever met Lay and I, you know, whatever my strength is, uh, or my weaknesses are she makes up for for my weaknesses you know what i mean those are usually her strong points and vice versa so i think that's the way that we're able to empower one another and empower ourselves as parents um, with how we raise our children as well so it's been kind of cool through mm -hmm. through the quarantine as, as terrible as it's been you know globally but mm -hmm. personally for a relationship we really take time to, to build and to continue to empower one another Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's let's bring it back to when you first uh, met basketball, Gabe. Because of course, mm -hmm. your your career has been amazing. You've been part of the national team. You've been a captain to to your teams, and you know a lot of the youth look up to you. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure your sons look up to you, and they want to be like you. So, can you share a little bit on how? that started because I know you're from a family of athletes or yeah. sport has been always in your family. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I was blessed to grow up around um, athletics in my home. My dad played college football, uh, American football in the States, and, and is still currently a, a football coach. I'm the eldest of five. So all of us were into whether it was basketball, football, baseball, soccer, whatever was in season, the, the Norwood kids were basically playing. So with that, I found a lot of times my identity through sports. Um, you know, that's where I made my friends. That's where, you know, people knew me as Gabe, you know, the athlete. And, and that was something that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that attention. But the, the journey was definitely not easy. Uh, you know, I moved around a lot as a kid at the same time. So a lot of the things that I thought should have been, uh, I guess, a little bit more fluid in terms of, you know, my, my college decision or, 
you know, the attention that I might have gotten from the next level was tough um, just because I was all over the States. But it, it was a blessing. Uh, I only had one Division One offer in the States, uh, and it ended up being George Mason University, which rolled into a, a Final Four appearance for us in college. Uh, for those in the States, it's like the top in terms of college athletics where you can get to in basketball. So we lost in the Final Four, but just the journey itself gained so much attention that it caught the eyes of coaches here in the Philippines that happened to be there at the camp or at the tournament, saw my mom, saw my Lola walking around and, and took the time to really say, oh, is your kid playing or is your grandson playing? And from there, it's honestly, from that point on, I, I built a connection. I, I came out here in 2007. And yeah, with the national team right away, and it's just been a blessing, a blessing to represent, you know, my family to come back and, and be the one to kind of carry the flag for us. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, we were cheering you on. Like I told Jimmy yesterday, it was such a, you know, amazing feeling to know that you guys are like, you know, your arms reach are pretty much like family to us. And to know that you guys are carrying the flag for us. And I saw Lay cheering so much on the sideline and your boys. So that was an amazing feeling, even to have um, the games here in the Philippines, right? Because Jimmy did mention that you guys had a bit of a rough patch going to China and things like that but then coming back to the Philippines and having the whole arena cheer for the Philippines is like, wow, right? Yeah. So going back to both of you, uh, you traveled the world or um, Philippines was somewhat your second home. Um, how did it feel uh, for you both on um, coming to like, let's say, um, you know, a place where you're not used to uh, leaving your comfort zone. I mean, for you, Lei, you always had to travel in and out. I'm sure that, you know, you learned um, or your horizons were, you know, open and coming back to the Philippines, it's like an uncom uncomfortable um, situation sometimes. What was you guys, uh, I guess, mindset or motivation to just say, okay, the Philippines is also an opportunity for me and I need to make sure that I'm, I'm strong enough to like, um, be thankful for being here. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, you want to oh, go, first? go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> for me, <laughs> you know. I've always been from here. I grew up here. I grew up in Davao, actually. So this is home. Um, I'm very much used to every aspect of home, <laughs> every aspect of being Filipino. So, you know, even when as you said, my horizon was broadened. I still, you know, obviously this is this is home for me. And um, mm -hmm. when I met Gabe, you know, we actually had um, that in common. He said he moved around a lot. Uh, for me, uh, it was something like that to where, like, I, you know, I would stay, like, in Davao and Manila. Like, I would stay, because um, my mom was a single mom, so I would stay in, like, all my cousin's houses and I just didn't really have like a permanent address sort of and then you know eventually when I started working I kind of had that like kind of um uh, just being everywhere like always being in transition which yeah. is something that he's always experienced so I think going back to your question um there's just always been this um we're comfortable with adapting <clears throat> and having to adjust to you know, 
like different unique situations, good or bad. Um, and I think being Filipino, like even for Gabe, I think that's a good common ground for both of us. Um, it's new to him. This has always been home for me, but you know, not to speak for him, but I think that's what I thought was a good kind of middle ground for us. Yeah, that was definitely the the bridge, just in terms of um, you know, Manila is actually the longest I've lived in any mm -hmm. one city. Uh, I grew up in the states and was always on the move. The longest I lived in one place, I think, it was like four years, four or five years, where my dad was working at different universities, so we'd pick up and move all the time. Just the the life of a coach and, and his family, but I think that also prepared me in transition to to come here, even when I. You know, before we met in the two years I was here, basically before we met, I was able to adapt in the sense of really just respecting people. I, I think mm -hmm. respecting people, respecting culture, respecting your surroundings. So I think that just came from me moving around all the time and always being the new kid, you know, basically everywhere I was. So uh, I think that was the bridge that kind of made our bond even stronger in terms of mm -hmm. just being able to communicate things and, and really enjoy our travel at the same time, but also being able to call call Manila home. It was amazing I see you in all your posts, your beautiful pictures of your family, you get to travel with the kids and you know, it seems like you're doing what you were doing before with them now. And I'm sure as parents of your three amazing boys, how does that make you feel knowing that you have three um, beautiful blessings that you have created in this life? We talk about it all the time. <laughs> It's one of, I'm sure I'm sure you and Nick are the same way, you know, just uh, you have those instances throughout the course of your day where it's just like, wow, you know what I mean? Those, those wow moments. It could be simply them sitting there eating lunch or, you know, as they go to bed and they're sleeping. It's just an amazing feeling to to know that even though our, you know, our individual backgrounds and upbringings may have been different, that we're able to come together and, and bring life into this world and, and raise them our way and, and uh, the qualities that we've built through our, our own individual lives. So, yeah, like you said, it's just an extreme blessing. It's it's kind of mm -hmm. cool for me personally to have three boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Girls are good too, you know. <laughs> so I've heard, so I've heard, so I've heard. So, uh, yeah, it, it's still really time. Cool. All right. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you're, the, you're gonna be the queen forever in your family. Yeah. I thought I was. It's so good. But yeah, so speaking of that, um, you mentioned you had like different upbringings. So for you, maybe um, you think that um, having your mom and seeing how she was as a parent to you um, helped shape you as a mom now. Well, definitely, because like I think seeing or being part of a an unconventional growing up in a more unconventional family setup like it 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 um allows you to understand like how you know it's not always the same for everybody where it's not mom dad children you know all staying in the same home like sometimes it doesn't happen that way and um yeah it's like of course, you know, it's not like you, you think, um, okay, this must be normal. Like, you know, it happens and it, it's a part of life. However, like um, I, I strived, I think I saw that and I strived for 
something that was different, which is, you know, I would definitely want um, to have somebody, <laughs> a partner to be able to like, you know, raise our children with um, together. And yeah, I guess um, it helped me appreciate and form sort of my, um, my own understanding of what I, I hope to have one day, to be blessed with one day. And of course, each child is different, right? Every pregnancy oh, yeah. is different. So, you know, what was the challenges that you found? Like, I mean, you know, with, with kids, I think the one, number one rule is what I've learned is not to compare the kids. Oh, yeah. You know? um, it's, it's something that um, also is, it will cause their mental health and things like that. Um, with you, what would be, I mean, you have amazing children anyway. I'm sure you don't have that many challenges. But what was the biggest challenge for you? Um, hmm. I think with every, um, and I'm sure you, you know this too, like with every stage, you know, there's a unique set of challenges, like, you know, with the toddler, like ages, like, okay, like they're all over the place and things like that. They have to understand your authority. I think for us now, Cash and are nine and eight. So, um, it's that in between, <laughs> they're not like teenagers yet, but you know, they're starting to become their own individual and I think it's just a matter of really um, establishing like the um, what we want them to to be equipped with as they get into that next stage so mm -hmm. I think it's a really crucial um, age you know uh, where the um, their values and morals like it's all going to be instilled in them like their faith and how they treat people so for us those are the most important things and we want we want them to be able to to learn the right mm -hmm. way and for you Gabe you come from a big family so did it make is it easier for you to to adapt to having um three kids or even you know more more than one as a dad I think it definitely put me in a position to you know especially being the oldest so you know, I, my parents were, were young parents. They were, I mean, it's, there's really no, even hearing Lay say like unconventional or conventional, I mean, in terms of even timing, there, there's no conventional or unconventional time, right? Like my, my parents were basically teenagers when they, they had my, me and my brother Jordan were back to back. And then, you know, there's a gap between the next three kids. But uh, a lot of that, my dad and my mom also instilled in myself and my brother Jordan kind of being the, you know, being good examples, being the kind of the extension of my parents with my younger three siblings. So actually, I just, I just said that because I have younger three and we have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> I just honestly thought about it as I said it. But yeah, I think it definitely put me in a position to uh, just really understand my strengths in terms of how I can, you know, communicate with them and kind of maximize their potential and, and things that they can they can do. But also, like I said once again, knowing how Lay can present things in different ways that is just as as useful and just as productive. So they they need definitely need to hear both of our voices in, in terms of really understanding and and I'm sure they probably process things differently depending on who's mm -hmm. who's them as well. Well, you guys are the best teachers to understand your kids. So, you know, um, especially right now, I guess everybody is somewhat forced to homeschool. So how's mm -hmm. that going for you guys? <laughs> it's you funny. Can the, you can ask the principal. No, uh, I'm I actually. Just, I'm, just, I'm just the coach. I'm just, uh, 
I'm the PE teacher. That's it. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. I actually, I thought of I thought of you too because I know you've always homeschooled, and um, we're making that transition to homeschooling this coming September. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so you're gonna hear from me because <laughs> I have questions. But um, yeah, I think we've always been open to it because I I think we um, we just want. Uh, we like the how it can be more um, adaptable and like we can, you know, if we have to leave, we can take it with us. And I mean, the number one thing is to be the main teacher, as you said, to be the number one like source of knowledge and the, the guidance counselor mm -hmm. <laughs> of the kids. Um, yeah, so I think the pandemic happening definitely was what gave us that push um and we're excited a little scared <laughs> i think it's it's worth it's definitely worth it um it will allow us to be even more intentional with how and what we teach the kids and it's exciting with a bit of pressure sure. <laughs> attached to it yeah of course i mean like you know um even with my experience it's been so quite some time and I have different levels. So trust me, at the beginning, it's always tough, but when you see the changes in your children and you see their passions come out, for me, honestly, um, what I loved about it is that my kids were able to be honest and transparent with me. And I think that's really key. Like you were mentioning earlier that your, uh, you know, your two older sons are in the in between. There are times, I mean, growing up, you think about it, there were times that I was quiet, like I didn't want to talk to my mom. Um, when I saw my kid, kids never, like, they never stopped talking. I was like, oh, this is what they mean, you know? So I think that when it gets quiet, that's when it gets scary. But um, with what I've learned with homeschooling, it's like the communication skills of the kids really come out. And I guess they feel at ease, at ease to communicating with mom and dad. Like, mm -hmm. you know, of course, we're going to tell them the, the real answers. Um, you know, the challenge right now, of course, is all answers or Google is arms reach. They can just Google anything instead of asking us. So um, I'm already going to be praying for you guys because this is the best decision that you, you guys are going to make. I mean, you are building pro athletes. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if you do your research, Tim Tebow was a, was a homeschooler up until college. Yeah. So that was, I think for us, that was uh, one thing that, you know, kind of encouraged Nick because he was the one that was not so comfortable with it, oh, which is, I mean, all of us went through traditional schooling, so it's it's really tough to to like go there and you know before there's so many people telling us, oh, why are you doing that? You know, especially like my parents even or um, the old old school people. It's like, well, this is what we're doing. So you know, whether if it's it's if it's not going to go the right way, then yes, it's our fault. But regardless, it's our choice. So with you guys. I know you'd be amazing. I mean, you guys are really hands-on with your kids anyway. So, I mean, with that, let me go back to to, um, to Gabe. Um, being a professional athlete, I know you have these rituals and habits to uh, prepare you, to hype you before a game. So can you share what those are? I mean, apart from Lay cooking you that, that, that amazing meals say, that's, that's that she always posts, what else? <laughs> what else do you no, do? Because for, for me, I think it's it's actually changed, you know, just like, you know, when I was single and first out here, it, it was just, you know, just music nonstop throughout the course of the day um, just to get me locked in and get me ready, music. 
you know, getting dressed at home to in the car to headphones in the dugout. Like that's, that's all I really needed. Uh, but now it's, it's kind of changed in the sense of naturally you have your, your family and daily routines, whether it's waking up and, you know, getting the kids ready if, if it's during school and things like that. But I'm lucky to have like an awesome teammate over here. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the PBA schedule is pretty nonstop. So game days for me, I usually am allowed to sleep in. I sleep in, get a good, get a good rest. And uh, like you said, it's usually, I'll throw in a shout out on Lay's meals. It's usually a, just a light meal. Um, I don't like to eat real heavy. I know some guys like to eat like a lot to where they have a lot to burn during a game. But for me, I eat like super light. Like I'll have a maybe brunch or a sandwich or something and then some fruit. And it's really like my only meal before a game. And then after the game is where, but outside of just really rest and you know maybe some some music so some 90s hip-hop or, or mm -hmm. r&b uh before a game usually gets me set um question is for both of you so you know um being strong individuals your personality and your just um strength on exploring the world who were your motivation, inspiration, or people that you look up to that help shape you on being that strong individual? You go first. <laughs> yeah, um, well, for me personally, it would definitely be my, my parents. Uh, you know, on my dad's end would be more from the angle of faith and, and really his foundation and his belief that he instilled in all of our children, uh, all of his children, um, was really just an awesome example to not just like learn about faith and having a, a journey and a personal relationship with, with God, but also seeing it, like seeing how he was able to overcome, you know, obstacles as a young father, as a young parent, and, you know, all the, all the things that have, have gone ahead of him. But also for my mom, just knowing, you know, she, she got pregnant with me as a as a freshman in college and had to step aside from her education and the, the sacrifices that she made in that sense to not just sacrifice for us but also for my dad who was able to you know finish school finish his college football career and, and lead that into a profession where he's been able to provide for his family for you know until all the kids are out of the house so definitely for me my my parents my mom and dad Play. <laughs> um, for me, it was definitely my my lolo, um, because uh, so my so my mom was a single mom, like I said. So my dad wasn't around since I was seven. So he's basically like the dad, like the father figure um, I've ever only ever known. Um, yeah, he he and my lola raised me, but I was like particularly like close to him. And, um, mm -hmm. He just taught me, like, I, I think all of, like, the basic skills that I have, like, I mean, just as a kid, like, appreciating, you know, um, learning all the time. Like, if there's something you don't know, learn. And back then, I mean, during that time, it wasn't that long ago, but <laughs> we didn't say. have Google. <laughs> so, you know, we had to really, like, heavily read and um do research and yeah um my my lolo was uh an educator he was actually like he he um like led the public school district in davao so he was really heavy on you know learning and 
Um, I think I, even before I, I got to be exposed to the world, I learned a lot about the world from him and, you know, that, mm. that um, almost that, like that thirst to know more about the world, not just from reading about it, but to actually experience it. Was he a basketball fan? Mm-hmm. He was also a basketball fan, which I think <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that definitely played into, because um, there really wasn't any other sport that I was exposed mm-hmm. to like since I was a kid other than basketball, but any other Filipino would say that. But he was watching mm-hmm. the NBA, you know, everything. So mm-hmm. I think... That definitely, yeah, <laughs> that planet. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of basketball, of course, you know, um, basketball fans have fun watching basketball. Um, this is probably a question for Leigh. You know, mm-hmm. now that you, um, you, you know, you you dated Gabe, I'm sure that was a different feeling. Um, um, of course, it's a it's a bigger. Uh, you know, a lot more about the game and about his mm. career. How do you level your stress? Because for me, I couldn't do it in the beginning. <laughs> but you know, as, oh, as wow. a, a wife of an athlete, you, yeah. you see the behind the scenes. So you're more invested um, okay. in, in watching a game. It's not right. just watching. <laughs> you're praying for them not to get hurt. You're praying for them. You know, you're praying for so many things. So for you, how do you balance that? You know, I mean, it's been a while since I watched like a game of his, but I think it, like you said, like with every, like as the years pass, like from the time I watched him live for the first time up until now, I think I naturally know more about the game and the technicalities and all that. But it would range from, yeah, like getting mad at the calls or... (laughs) You know this. <laughs> um, just, yeah, like, constantly like, wait, is he okay? Like if he fell, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, just constantly like having, you know, theories in your head as to, oh, how come this isn't the play they did? I don't understand. <laughs> as if you're some <laughs> analyst, <The> right? Coach. <laughs> Coaching from <laughs> backseat coach. <laughs> extremely entertaining depending yeah. on if we, if we were, if we yeah i'm gonna be like but that was a foul and he's like well no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, that was so funny. Imagine, but imagine though like you know how you, we watch these reality tvs on uh, you know in america imagine like people following us here like how funny it would be i mean for me like nick she would always get mad at me. Can you just stop? That's my job. You sit there and take care of the kid, okay? Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just funny to talk about it now, but I mean, you can't help it. I mean, it's it's yeah. the man that you love that's on the court fighting for the family. It's like yeah. you feel like, dang, I'm 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 part of that. I'm part of that. But really, yeah. he's right. Yes, it's that's his job. He will do the yeah. best that he can. We just have to sit there and cheer and smile and pretend that we're not mad. <laughs> or just but you know what? <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what? Like, I think you can probably also attest to this. Like, the kids, they feel it. I guess it's my fault, too, mm-hmm. as uh, mm-hmm. just being the way I am. Um, the kids got really emotionally involved also. Like, of course, it's their dad. Um, Nico will probably get a bit mad at me later, but he was the one that me and him would tag team. And then if we lose, 
he would cry and I wouldn't know what to say. I would like tell Nick, hey, you got to son because he's like really, really sad about it. So yeah. I know your kids also get emotional like that. Um, yeah. What would you guys do uh, to give them advice? Because it's not, you know, you can't win all games. That's just a given. <laughs> yeah. For us, that would be cash. Because cash, like, even as young as, like, two. Yeah. He was already invested. We have multiple yeah. videos of him crying. And one time it even, like, got, like, posted and, like, just, you know, reposted a lot. Because I guess he cried. <laughs> he lost in like a... There was FIBA. There was a FIBA one. There was one where... Um, so he was playing against San Miguel. Oh, we lost in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah and like he was crying in the stands. And like Chris Ross, our, you know, our friend from San Miguel, went over and was comforting him. So it was just funny. Like, <laughs> all the footage of that. But um, I think... Well, he's still... I guess he's getting better at understanding the game so i think maybe he won't just cry out of nowhere but he's still emotional and he would still be sad um for for his dad oh okay actually i can say one thing so he was actually nominated Whoa. for no oh, no no yeah, about yeah. cash for the dunk of the decade um for by FIBA. yeah by fiba so uh, I think like he made it a little far and then he lost to Iran. Like this was just what, like a, a week ago. ago? Yeah. When he found out, cash, cash <laughs> and this is just, I mean, you know, it's not like it's announced or anything. You just see it online and he just started crying. On the spot. <laughs> yeah. On the spot. <laughs> but I think yeah. a good point to that too, just yeah. as, as parents, I think it's big to, especially as, for for men, I'll just speak from the man standpoint. Uh, you know, a lot of time pride gets in our way, right? We we think we're not supposed to cry or we're not supposed to, you know, express that type of emotion. So I think sometimes, I, even with us, with it, whether it's Cash or O or Izzy, I think we've done we've learned to give them a little time to cry. You know what I mean? Not all the time. Like we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, naturally our instinct kicks in and you want them to, to tell them to stop. But a lot mm -hmm. of times, especially when it comes to sports. Um, I think we've learned to kind of let them have that moment. Like you, it's okay to care that much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's okay to to really express that. And you know, it's funny in certain points. You know, uh, Cash takes it to the limit and, and pushes it past the limit, and we have to you know reel them back in. But you know, at least you know they care. Just like mm -hmm. you know yeah, I mean? it could be different. He's passionate. I mean, he sees you work hard. So, of course, he's looking up to you and uh, he feels it. Like, right. damn, my dad lost. That's not fair. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of that, um, Gabe Norwood is a respected athlete in the Philippines and possibly internationally uh, playing for Gilas. And, you know, I think you would be the best, one of the best uh, people to answer this question on how will you advise your sons? on, um, you know, uh, receiving comments, um, just like I think I was talking to Topex or Jimmy about this, but um, my own kids will always receive comments from, the, you know, Filipinos, Philippine fans. Oh, you're Nick Velasco's son, you're supposed to make it, you know, um, you're supposed to be good. Right. So for you, um, what would be your advice to your children when, um, you know, uh, th these comments will come sooner yeah. or later when, and then, they hear it of course they're still young right now they want they don't understand it but when it comes to that point how will you guide them on um 
answering or avoiding that kind of comments? I mean, I guess it, it's something that you can't really run from, right? As much as you want to, to try to avoid it or, or kind of, you know, dodge those kind of comments and things like that. But I think uh, for me personally, it's just understanding that the expectations come with from a good place. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like they're, it could be a lot worse. They could be expecting you to do bad things or they're expecting you, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, I think it's really just trying to instill in them that they're their own individual person. Uh, as much as they carry the, the Norwood name, you know, there's no specific person like them. You know, I, I have tattooed on my back. I have Ephesians 2.10 um, from the Bible, which is basically where we are God's masterpieces created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. So with that, you know, each individual, whether it's myself, Lay, Mumak, AR, or children, we're all masterpieces, you know what I mean? So uh, I think I really try to instill that in them as, as individuals and as a group, as brothers that, you know, People are going to say things. You can't please everybody, but right. at the end of the day, you're, you're your own masterpiece, your own person. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you somewhat um, lived through that because your dad also was in the professional uh, platform. Yeah. So, did, I mean, for you personally, did you feel pressure to, to be successful like your dad? I don't know. If, um, I think we were competing so much, just even within ourselves, myself, you know, um, my brother Jordan, another Division One athlete, a Super Bowl champion in the States. My brother Levi also played Division One athletics. My sister, competitive dance. My brother had a, my youngest brother had a short stint, you know, in, in terms of trying to make college basketball work. So I think the, the pressure was pushed aside and turned into competition. You know what I mean? I think we were constantly, whether we were playing or staying active in sports to where it was hard to really dwell on it. I, I really don't know if, I thought like, man, my dad's coaching. I have to, I have to make the sports thing work. I think I just wanted to, I think that's just what I wanted to do. And, and my dad never put pressure on me. Like I, I quit, I quit playing American football my freshman year of high school and thought my dad was going to be so upset. Like I thought I was terrified to tell him. And when I did, it was like that relief, right? Like you go to your parents with a concern mm -hmm. and they understand And my dad, it was, not a problem with them at all. So uh, I think right there in that moment, I knew there was really, my thought of never having pressure was confirmed in that moment because there was no pressure mm -hmm. for me. Well, that's amazing because, you know, of course your children are um, very athletic. I see them. I mean, Lay now has become a soccer mom, a basketball mom. Um, are they doing swimming too? I mean, I'm pretty sure you're the biggest cheerleader. And that, that alone keeps you busy as a mom, you know? Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, I think someone heard us speaking about uh, what was going on earlier as, you know, supportive wives. So there's someone here that wants to say hi to you guys real quick. Hello. Hey. 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 What's up, Gabe and Lay? How are you? How are you? How's it going? <laughs> Life is good. You guys are safe out there. Yeah, same to you guys. Yeah. So, how's the how's the layoff treating you? It's keeping you busy. I'm sure you might have covered that already, but no, no, we we didn't too much. It's just oh, been, we haven't yet. Yeah, just just trying to stay as active as we can. Um, you know, they kind of opened up the the court here and the pool, so we've been able to get outside a little bit more and and run around. But 
you know, Lay's done a great job of keep, keeping us locked in as much as we want to just, you know I mean, take some chances <laughs> and get out there. I think just trying to do the safest thing as possible. But, you know, Lay also has been doing everything. She's Mrs. Green Thumb. She has plants <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Her, her plants, her coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm inspired every day. Right. <laughs> now you know how hot she works all day, every day. For sure, a whole new level of <laughs> Well, I think, you know, the quarantine, like, it just allows us to tap into, like, things that we're already passionate about. Um, yeah, and it gave us more time. So I think it's just mm -hmm. a matter of maximizing that time, you know, not letting that go to waste, um, you know, even if the world is somewhat frozen, like we can still, you know, we can still learn and be productive and yeah, the kids too. So I guess the initial challenge, like you said, was staying active. So, you know, we were really happy when you told us about um, Nick's um, <laughs> online, the Zoom. Oh, um, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, because like, before that, they were actually not even like doing anything basketball related. Yeah, and you know how, like you said, they were so busy before with all kinds of sports that we were definitely missing that. And I miss, you know, taking them <laughs> to all these things. I was just saying yeah. that the other day. It's weird not, you know, like going from point A to point B to point C <laughs> in one day, um, you know, taking the kids to all their activities. But um, I think, you know, we still find um, the silver lining you know, in this situation and make it work somehow. Yes, exactly. Well, Thanks to Musa. I think it's I think it's great though that yes. that uh, people are finding the positivity in this whole situation because there's so much negative going on. Uh, but when you can teach your kids what you can find and pull from that's positive and everyone's taking time to spend, you know, quality time together, movie yeah. nights, um, educational yeah. things. Everyone's forced to homeschool now. So uh, for the families, I think it's been great. At least those that are doing it smart, you know, <clears throat> like you guys. Um, my next step is trying to do some plants in the house too. So uh, <laughs> I might have to consult you on that. Hey. But I, I want some greenery. All, all I do, lay, lay gets it started, and all I do is just water every day. All I got, I, I haven't killed too many plants, so I'm good. <laughs> hey, that's therapeutic, though. That watering yes, the plants—that's yes. therapeutic. Just yeah. watching them grow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's pretty awesome. And I had so much fun uh, coaching the kids. I'll get back on it this weekend. I've been busy, but I'll get back on it this weekend. For sure. Yeah, I also sure. ran out of drills and stuff. There's only so many <laughs> drills you could do in a, in a five by five foot area. Yeah. So, uh, but Mike took over. He's been doing good with it. My son Mike. Yeah. So it's all good. But hey, man, I just mm -hmm. wanted to jump in real quick and uh, tell you how impressed I am with your career. And I mean, I was here when you first got came in, like you yeah. and Saul and all those guys. And uh, just to see you guys develop, you know, you and Joe DeVance, you guys are doing it so big. Uh, you guys are the leaders and the vets now. And uh, us older guys are out of the picture. <laughs> so, uh, and I knew it was time to go. I I'll keep telling this story. I knew it was time for me to go when <laughs> Gabe, Gabe was coming at me full speed on a fast break. And, you know, I'm a defensive player. So I knew I had him stopped. And he just did this little shifty crossover and he was gone. I was like, man, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even give him a hard foul. That's how fast he was gone. Past me. So that, that was a little frustrating. And it was a sign that 
it's time for me to step out and let these young guys do their thing. Oh, man. Hey, we just we appreciate you, too. I'll just speak from the basketball side. I really appreciate you how you just welcomed, welcomed me when I first got out here, man, and really just, you know, pulled me aside a couple times and told me, you know, just how, how things go down, what to adjust and, and how to how to maintain and, and create a, a long career. So definitely appreciate you, man. I know I, I, I shot a few elbows, too, but. I mean, that's how I was uh, brought into the league as well. Hey, it's only right. <laughs> it's only right. But hey, I got to go. You Love you guys, and I'll, I'll see you on the next BUSA uh, with your kids. Yes, sir. Right. See you Peace. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Anyways, he always loves to surprise, especially if, you know, it's a fellow athlete on board this campaign. So with that, guys, before we wrap up, can you please share with us your words of wisdom to fellow dads, fellow moms, um, you know, athletes, aspiring businesswomen, um, especially at a time like this, on how they can stay hopeful and inspired during this time. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I would go back to what I was saying earlier that um, is something that I learned from my grandfather, which is um, always take this, well, always take every opportunity to learn especially during this time, um, I think this is an opportune time to really equip yourself with, you know, things that you may have wanted to learn more about, or like Nick was saying earlier, you know, plants. Um, it would be, it would not only um, equip you with something new, it would empower you because you realize like, wow, like I can do this. And you never know, it could even turn into a business you know, you might do so well that you could start selling it, you know, something like that. But I think even if you don't end up having it as a business, you learn something from it. And, um, you know, that I feel that even if it's not something that would benefit you immediately, it would benefit you in the long run. And, um, and if you have children, they would even see you doing that and be inspired by you and want to learn from you. So I think um, no time is wasted despite times being like this, you know, it feels like everything is stalled, but you don't have to feel stalled. You can still continue to grow and learn. Yeah. And for me, I, I was you stole mine. I was going to go sorry. on education on that route, but, <laughs> but I think it's you also key just with, with the, the time that's available now, I think it's a really awesome opportunity to, to build relationships, to mend relationships. And, you know, I think people are really open to speak right now. I feel like, you know, just from just relationships and conversations I've had, um, just be able to solidify things, to reach out to people that you may not have reached out to in a while. Like the opportunities are there now. Everybody for the most part is home. Um, I'm sure they'd love to hear from you, whether it's family or, or friends or, ex-teammates and work buddies, things like that. I think it's an awesome opportunity to, to really regroup, um, reach out to people who probably want to hear your voice as much as you want to hear theirs. So uh, a cool chance to, to create and mend and, uh, relationships. Oh, I love all that, guys. You know, that's, that's definitely what people need to hear right now. Um, and before I share my take, homes from both of you. Maybe you have any shout outs to friends and family that you haven't seen for a while. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, just uh, all the the Norwood, Valoria, Hardy, Rendon, Fair and Ill family out there. Um, we love you. We hope to see you soon. And we're definitely praying for everybody. Yeah, I think. Did I, I reach think, everybody? Yeah, bad. No, you already covered. <laughs> you covered the family tree. Yeah, my bad. I all the branches. That's all right. You guys are um, an amazing couple. And thank you for taking the time to be with me today. Again, take homes from Gabe and Lay that um, it's always God's plan and timing for everything that happens in our lives. We just have to be always thankful. You know, um, having a foundation is key, knowing your identity, you know, having a big support system, your family and friends. Reach out to them now because they're the ones that will empower you, inspire you and make you um, make your happy hormones be uh, boosted at this time. What Lay said, learning is key. So use this time wisely. Don't waste it. You know, there's so much things, so many workshops, free webinars just like this uh, for you guys to learn from. Um, you know, write down those dreams that will uh, make that you want to to become reality. I mean, this is the time to really plan out your life and take the opportunity to um, know and be inspired by the people that you look up to. I mean, whether it be your mom and dad, your family, this is the time to communicate. It's a time to ask some questions. Um, it's, again, it's part of learning. And main thing, uh, what Gabe said, it's also a time of building the relationships. Even though they're already strong, it's okay to reach out to them. Men, the ones that have been um, distant, I, I won't say broken, because you still have a chance. You still have time to reach out to those people because you love and care for them. And that you have had history. You've had, you've had memories. So build those memories up again. So with that, guys, again, Norwoods, thank you so much. Um, hugs and kisses to your amazing boys. Um, we'll thank keep in you. touch. I'll see you on Friday or Saturday again over Zoom. <laughs> and Again, from the Norwoods, actions speak louder than words. And thank you for tuning in in this episode of In Love With Me. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening In Love With Me series.